This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. What's going on? Welcome into The Sharp Angle Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Hope you all had a nice day. Nice Thanksgiving. Hope you won some money on some NFL and uh, spent it with friends or family or maybe no friends and family given the circumstances this year. (laughs) But uh, happy Thanksgiving certainly to everyone out there. Hope it was a good day for you. Uh, On today's show, we're going to replay a a portion of College Football Weekly. It's a podcast I'm on, a podcast where we uh, talk some college football amongst other things every week. And uh, like I do every every week on this podcast, we're going to replay a portion of of College Football Weekly and give you guys some picks for the upcoming weekend of college football. So if you want to hear all of the picks, you'll have to tune into that podcast. Again, its name is College Football Weekly. You can listen to it anywhere you can find this podcast. So uh, we'll play those uh, picks back right now. Enjoy. Notre Dame going on the road to North Carolina. Uh, Irish currently a five-point road favorite. Um, Barring catastrophe... Four. 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 It's down to four. It's down to four. Um... You know, barring catastrophe, North Carolina is, I think, out of the ACC championship uh, picture. That loss to Virginia really kind of killed it for them. Before that, they had hope that if they beat Notre Dame, they could be in it. Um, and Notre Dame, they're in the driver's seat for the conference. Uh, they will likely have to rematch Clemson uh, and have to beat them if they want to make the playoff. But, you know, it's, it's all up to them at this point. The, the Notre Dame offensive line is awesome. They love to run the ball. Um, and in both of... North Carolina's losses, they gave up a lot of rushing yards. So that's a really important matchup to watch. Both of these teams are scoring a ton of points. Um, but UNC, they have the edge in the passing game. Sam Howell, I think he's better than Ian Book in almost every category. He's better in completion percentage, yards per attempt, yards. He's got twice as many passing touchdowns. Uh, Notre Dame, they run it a little more because they've been playing with leads for most of the season. But don't sleep on the Tar Heels run game either. Uh, Javante Williams and Michael Carter, they honestly might be the best one-two punch at running back in the whole country. Both these dudes have 1,800 yards on the season, or sorry, 800 yards in the season and are averaging more than seven yards per carry. And they're both really good at catching the ball out of the backfield as well. Um, the big difference here is the Tar Heels defense is really not good. Uh, Notre Dame's defense has been really good this year, uh, but I do think they've kind of just been beating up on bad offenses uh, you look at the teams they've given up points to, you know, they give up a bunch to Clemson with a backup quarterback. Um, and so, you know, I don't have a great feel on the spread here, but for the reason that I said before, oh. I think that the Tar Heels defense is bad. Uh, you know, you know, Clemson, look, Clemson scored 40 with a backup quarterback and no run game. Boston College had some success scoring uh, on Notre Dame's defense last week. I think this Tar Heel offense can score. Um, even if Notre Dame jumps on them early, North Carolina has been down in games this year. They've been able to turn it on and score in bunches through the air. Uh, this UN- UNC defense, they're giving up 30 points per game already, and Notre Dame's going to score. So the real the question to me is, can North Carolina score? You know, Can both these teams score more than 30 points to get to that total of 66? I know it's a big number. I'm taking the over here of 66 points. Wow. Okay. Well... God, I almost want to push the button on the under there. Just do it. Let's do it. No, make it a bet for it, Tyler. The key to this game will be North Carolina staying off the field. If you can find it anywhere, or maybe if you have one of those local bookies, you can muster something up with. I like Notre Dame to dominate the time of possession this game. Mm. Everything that I see about this game looks like this. Notre Dame runs the football because you're right. They're often up. They want to McCluck. 
but that doesn't mean they can't do it. They're very efficient no, when they run the football, yeah. too. And Ian Book is one of the better play-action quarterbacks in college football. I, I really believe that. Notre Dame is going to keep North Carolina off the field. I think that's a huge part of this handicap. And Notre Dame is going to do enough on their drives to mitigate this, this whole scoring fiasco. Now, I don't want to take it because I could see Notre Dame blowing North Carolina, North Carolina out like, 49 to 20 which mm-hmm. would still cover the over interesting but i think north carolina i think north carolina is going to be exposed this game i think Nord- notre dame is going to prove that they can really do whatever they want to in terms of airing it out running the football controlling time possession controlling the clock controlling the flow of the game i like notre dame to cover the four points here okay fair enough uh next up still our friday night game uh or actually you know one of these was a day game either way friday game Iowa State at Texas. Uh, Texas currently a one-point favorite. You know where I'm going here, Will. This number came down. I do know where you're going. This number came down from two and a half. Now Texas just a one-point favorite. This is a classic rest versus rust game. Uh, Texas, they had the last two game weeks off due to COVID, so they are very rested, right? Iowa State, meanwhile, they played Kansas State last weekend. They dominated 45 to nothing. The offense is finally rolling. The defense has been really great. Um, So will the advantage of rest and healthy players for Texas be enough to overcome the rust of, you know, now three weeks off from playing football. So there's that rest versus rust stuff there. Texas, they have three straight wins. Uh, They got the big upset over Oklahoma State. But how good is Oklahoma State now? Not taking shots, Tyler, but, you know, you look at them now versus where they were when Texas beat them and they were number six. I don't know how convincing that win is right now or how great that win is. I think the Cyclones have a ton of momentum. And with all the – there's the rumors swirling now about Urban Meyer – taking over Texas for Tom Herman to the point where Herman addressed it to the media. You know, that that to me is bad. That's looming over the program. Um, there's just not a lot of reasons for me to take Texas here, so I'm taking Iowa State plus one. We got a bet board game, Willie. There we go. Yeah, I'm going to go Texas here. I think Texas is a very good football team. They are two four and one against the spread and Iowa State's five and three against the spread and I always like taking these teams to even out throughout the, throughout the course of the year I see um, and I, I look at some, a couple of predictions and uh, I like to re- refer to some specific sites I use some specific people that I uh, kind of respect and a lot of a lot of those projections in terms of the final score are coming out pretty heavy for Texas to have a lot of different advantages I guess what I mean by that is I see a lot of different ways for Texas to win this game. I think Iowa State has to play what has been classic Iowa State football, but I've been looking to fade this team for a long time. I think they're a little bit overrated. I do believe last week's result against Kansas State inflates this line. I mean, I think this line, what did it open at? Two and a half for Texas? Yep. I think it probably should have opened closer to four, four and a half for Texas. So it's, it has been bet down. You know, the market's correcting itself, but I think a lot of people remember what they saw for Iowa State. And frankly, if you look at some big TV games this year for Texas, I know it's Texas, but still, they've lost a lot of those. They didn't yeah. look good in the Oklahoma game, and people don't feel comfortable betting on Texas right now. When everyone else is kind of wary about it, that's where I want to jump in that direction. We'll go Texas minus the one. And another note here, this over-under was bet down from 61 to 56 and a half. That's yeah. a huge movement for only a couple days. Again, we're recording this Monday. Uh, what time is it? 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern. I think that we're going to be in, the st- in store for some good defense, and I think this thing stays close, comes down to last possession, fourth quarter. I trust Texas. Yeah, I think four out of the last four years uh, between these two teams, you've had really low-scoring games, too. Uh, these coaches are pretty familiar with each other, it seems. We got a bet board game. Okay, bet board. I'm going with the Cyclones, baby. Let's do it. Next next up, finally we're on to Saturday. Uh, Pitt going at Clemson. Clemson currently a 24-point home favorite. Clemson just wants to play, man. Trevor, yeah, real quick, I'm so sorry. No, Te- you're good. Texas was one point spread, right? Minus one. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yep. 
Um, yeah, Cle- Trevor Lawrence, he's ready to get back to play. Um, we know how good Clemson is, especially with Trevor Lawrence on the field. Pitt, Pitt has been all over the place. Their defense has been good at times, but the whole season they've not done a good job of finishing drives with touchdowns. The offense is really not that great. Against Notre Dame, they got dominated 45-3. to I think this is just a bad spot for Pitt. You know, Clemson, I think the reason why Dabo was so pissed at that Florida State game being canceled is they need to remind everybody they're a top three team. They want to make the playoff here after that. You know, they had the, the last game we saw them. They lost to Notre Dame. Then they get a canceled game. Trevor Lawrence hasn't played in weeks. You know, he's coming back after basically missing a month. Um, I think he wants to light it up, get back in the Heisman race. Clemson knows they need to score a ton of points and get the uh, the style points here. I think Clemson's just primed to explode. I like this number, especially since it's dropped at open 26. Uh, the lower this goes, I like it, so I'm taking Clemson minus 24. Yeah, I just feel bad for whoever gets Clemson after this whole debacle. Because, you know, all week, people are going to be shitting on Dabo Sweeney. You yeah. know, he's going to feel the heat from local media, Twitter, national media. And really, the reason why he got so pissed off last week, even though we all disagreed with it, the dude just wants to go out there and kick ass. Like, he's looking yep. for every chance to go out there and win. Whoever was coming up this week for Clemson, I'd probably look to fade them. I love Clemson this week. I think they route Pittsburgh. Okay, love it. We're both on the same side. Next up, we got a turd bowl game here. Penn State at Michigan. Oh, wow. Michigan's 2-3, and three, Penn State's 0-5, oh and, five, and uh, on, you know Will. this one's not about it being a great matchup. Come on, Will. Even though we might have said it early in the season, it's really about there's some value here. So uh, Michigan currently a two-point favorite at home. The total's at 59. Uh, the Cade McNamara era has begun in Ann Arbor. Cade, why don't you just... Cade McNamara. Yeah, just crunch the words together. Uh, he's He had five touchdowns off the bench against Rutgers. He was accurate. He was decisive. He was explosive. Um, the threat of the pass opened up the run game big time. Michigan finally looked like they could run, but that was Rutgers, right? But then, I mean, Penn State. Penn State's a mess. They switched their quarterback last week from Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford was really good last season. I don't know what's happened. You know, they have a new coordinator. They've had a lot of injuries and opt-outs. Um, but you know, they bring in, they switch it to Will Levis, uh, the backup quarterback and he really, and, and, you know, not a lot of playing time, but he hasn't looked that much better. Um, they're 90th out of 127 teams in scoring right now. And even more shocking, they're 101st in scoring defense, but Penn state's given up 36 points per game, you know, and then you, I mean, their offense, it's just, everything's bad since the first game where they lost in overtime to Indiana, 35, 36, the offense has scored worse from a scoring output every single week since then. They've scored less and less and less points. The good news is they're about to play a defense that uh, is even worse than their own. Uh, Michigan is ranked 102nd out of 127 teams in college football. These are two really bad defenses. Um, I'm a little worried about the line after Michigan got the win and McNamara looking good against a bad team. Um, you know, Michigan... They gain some momentum and kind of lift their spirits with the win, which is good, but it's not enough to make me comfortable picking them. You know, they haven't been good against the spread. Uh, I don't love either side here, but with two really bad defenses, I just think we see a lot of scoring. Uh, both of these teams can give up 30 without blinking an eye. So if you give me an over of 59, I'm going to take that. I think Penn State is still worse than a lot of people think. I think Michigan's actually maybe a little better than people think. Everyone had high expectations for Michigan, and 
they have not looked good. No, <laughs> right? Bad. But I think of any of these two teams, we're kind of picking which team do we think can pick themselves up, play a good game. I think Jim Harbaugh still has a lot to coach for. I know I've said that before, but I really believe that's the case. I think they just have a much better team. By the way, last six games against Penn State, Michigan's 5-1 and one against the spread. So it's a good matchup here. Penn State's really struggled in conference this year and dating back to last year. So I'll take Michigan. I think a better coaching staff, better team overall. The, the lines dropped to two, so I love that too. Uh, we'll go Michigan. Okay, fair enough. And uh, another note for your cap, Tyler. Penn State's been really bad in Ann Arbor. They haven't won. Penn, I don't think James Franklin has won there uh, since he's t- uh, taken over at Penn State. Um, I just don't love it. Let's so. go Michigan. Are you sure you don't want to force one there on Penn State? Yeah, I'm not going to force If it was a bigger number, I think I might. But with it only being two points, uh, I don't love it there. And Penn State is really bad. But I do think that Penn State gets right on offense, and I think we go over 59. All right. All uh, right. Next up, Tyler, take the lead here. We got your Colorado Buffs 2-0 and going on the road to an undefeated, fraudulent, as you said, USC team. Uh, USC a 13.5-point favorite here. What do you got? So I think the University of Colorado is one of the few schools still left in college football who's really benefiting from their schedule and from extenuating circumstances in terms of the market and the way the market perceives this team. Look, Colorado's 2-0, but their first two wins came against two questionable Pac-12 opponents, and they were both close if you look at the end of the scoreboard, right? Wait for the fourth quarter playout, everything... Colorado dominated both those two games. Yeah, so early if you on really, especially, right? Exactly. So if you really dig in, which I'm going to make this clear again. I've said this before. People who make lines and, you know, we, we call it Vegas sometimes, but the market, they don't have enough time to go through every single college football game and look at the box score and all that stuff. A lot of teams like Colorado and others fly under the radar for a long time for that reason. You know, the common sentiment could be, oh, they've won two close games, could be 0-2. Meanwhile, USC 3-0 and just had a monster win at Utah. So for Colorado, everything's kind of making them underrated. And for USC, this key, this team could be and maybe should be 1-2. and two they just went to utah who we have no idea what utah is going to look like this year that was the utes first game and just because it was in utah i think there was a lot of well usc struggled there before can they really pull it off it closed a very 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 narrow spread and they ended up winning i think 33 to 18 33 14 something along those lines so i think this is a combination one you're getting a colorado team that is vastly underrated and is a lot better than most people think and on the other hand you're getting a usc team who struggled happened to win a couple games and that's the difference, right? Colorado, close scores, dominated throughout. USC relied on fourth quarter comebacks in both those early wins. Then they go to Utah, get what could be a bit of a fraudulent win. I love this spread. I think it's so inflated. I'll take CU uh, up to uh, 10. Okay. So, I mean, right now it's 13 and a half. Exactly. I, I love it for so the I'm same taking, reason. Yep, yep, I'm, I I'm think taking Colorado plus 13 and a half up to 10. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the public is all over USC here. They're the flashy name. They're the, the, the household name that everyone knows. You know, the fa- I would have liked him at ten and a half. It's at thir- You can get it thirteen and a half now. I agree. Let's go, Buffs. Yep. Uh, next up, we're getting into some rivalry territory here. We got the Iron Bowl. So we lost the Apple Cup. Washington, Washington State is off because of uh, some Washington State uh, COVID stuff. But we got a couple of big rivalry games here, and none bigger than the Iron Bowl. Auburn at Alabama. Alabama currently a twenty-four point home favorite. Totals at sixty-two. This is all about Bama here. I'm hammering Alabama. Uh, they got embarrassed last year by Auburn. The defense got embarrassed. They gave up almost 50 points. Um, Auburn's defense really hasn't been great this year. Uh, you know, they, they've they scored well on offense the, uh, the last three weeks, you know, but that was against Ole Miss, LSU, and Tennessee. Tennessee. Those are all bad defenses. Um, I think Auburn's offense is, is very overrated. 
we, we all know how I feel about Bo Nix. I've made it very plain <laughs> uh, in public. I don't think he's a great quarterback. Um, and I think Alabama's defense just brings out that Bo Nix that we saw early, earlier in the year against Georgia and South Carolina and Arkansas with turnovers and not a lot of points. Um, Saban has real incentive here to you know get some revenge, pour it on late. Uh, I think Alabama scores 50, and I'm not sure that, that – uh, that Auburn's going to score enough to cover that spread. So I'm taking Alabama minus 24. Huge, huge number in a rivalry game, no doubt. But you look at the the wins that Alabama's had against Auburn. When Auburn wins against Alabama, it's typically pretty close. When Alabama wins against Auburn under Nick Saban, oh, they're almost all blowouts. Um, so that number doesn't scare me. So I'm going to take the Crimson Tide minus 24 here. Yeah, to that point, the last three times Alabama's won, it's been by an average score of 37 to 13. There I mean, you go. Yeah, when, when, when I think that's a very good point, that when Auburn gets close, you know, finds a way to make the, make things uh, muddy the game up, make it kind of physical, make it, well, not physical, but just sort of make it where Alabama's not comfortable, yep. they always stay in it and they win a lot of those games. But in years like this, whether it's talent, I like how you mentioned the... Uh, a revenge factor from last year. Alabama seems to dominate those games. Two years ago, in Tuscaloosa, 52-21. Before that, 30-12. to I mean, it's been a long time since you go back and find a really close game. They did have one in 2014, 55-44, but the game before that in Alabama, uh, the Crimson Tide won 49-0. So, yep. uh, you know, I think that uh, uh, with Bo Nix... You know, I'm not so sure about Bo. You yeah. Don't, you don't know Bo. I was really high on Bo to start the season. I know. I know you were. That faded quickly. I know. We'll go Alabama minus the points. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, last year, Alabama's defense was really ravaged by injuries. Uh, it was one of the worst defenses. It might have been the worst defense Saban has had there his entire tenure at Alabama. They're much improved this year, so that number doesn't scare me. So let's go with the Tide of Alabama. Let's see here. Uh, last time, a little trivia here. Last time Auburn won in Alabama was what year? It's actually not that long. I, I thought it'd be further than that. 2004. 2010. 2010. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And Auburn went on a streak from 2002 to 2007, uh, winning every year. But then I think Nick Saban got hired in 2008. Right? Yeah. That, that That's basically when Alabama was in bad shape before Saban got there, for sure. So yeah. they've played 12 times. Yeah, Saban's 8-4. and four. Nick Saban, uh, his first year at Alabama, they actually played CU in a bowl game. I remember that. It was, it was uh, Dan Hawkins' first year. You're talking about oh, two wow. programs who went two different directions after that, huh? Yeah. God. I, th- I think Saban went like 7-6 and six that year, and then since then we just know what – it's just been Alabama. Yeah, it's yeah. been completely just – Ridiculous. It was so funny. Paths. I was watching some NFL this weekend, and it's almost laughable how many Alabama stars are now in the NFL. It's oh, insane. It's like it's insane. how many running backs They're and everywhere. receivers. They the are receivers everywhere, are man. Yeah. I, think, I think it was it was either Sunday night football or Monday night football. Um, they were showing all the uh, defensive backs Yeah, alone. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. Oh wait, no. Maybe I'm thinking of Ohio State because that's where Eli Apple and Marcus. Yeah, that's right. But still, there's plenty of 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 Bama defensive backs in the NFL. And what's really crazy is all this success, and they're just now starting to put like NFL caliber quarterbacks there. I mean, Tua is like maybe he might end up being the best Alabama quarterback, you know, of uh, in Nick Saban's era in the NFL, and that's insane. And all that success, and it it might just be getting better. All right, there you go. The uh, picks for this weekend. Hopefully, you guys uh, get some of those, and we got some winners in there for you. So, good luck this weekend. Again, hope you had a nice Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.